So do you roll your own joints? Fuck no. I got them rolled for me. Who rolls them for you? My buddy Andrew. Is, there, is that keep on the outside of those joints? Not these ones. This is Rebranding Cannabis. I'm your host, Jared Mursky, and you're listening to the show that helps the industry grow. Hear from industry titans, thought leaders, and the up-and-coming founders of this multi-billion dollar industry. Presented by Wick and Mortar. Hey, what's up? It's Jared Mursky, and this is Rebranding Cannabis. Uh, My first guest is... None other than Ricky Williams. Um, this man really needs no introduction. Uh, he's a legend uh, in football. He won the Heisman in college, went on to play for Miami. But that's not Ricky. Ricky is much more of a man than that. And that's what we're going to find out today. Uh, Ricky and I have known each other for some time now, and we've had many in-depth conversations. But today we're going to talk a little bit about astrology and how it applies to branding uh, and, and how people are using the data from these readings to really help uh, you know, solve some of, I think, people's biggest problems and, and possibly hurdles. So, Ricky, without further ado, thank you so much for uh, joining me. No, of course. Um, when you reached out and let me know you're doing a podcast, you know, great. I know you have a lot of wonderful ideas about uh, about branding, and we've worked together. So I was excited to to have this conversation. Me too, man. It's been a it's been a minute. Um, I think when was the last time I saw you? Was it when you were up in Idlewild? Yeah, but how long ago was that? Well, that was like I had to have been like six months ago. Yeah, it was a while. Well, it was more than that, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good with time. Yeah, me neither. What is time? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, to kind of get things kicked off, you know, I think, I think a lot of people still have this misconception of what astrology really is. Um, I, I've, I'm just starting to learn more and more about it, but, you know, it wasn't until I met you that it became, you know, really interesting to me. Uh, I remember during the time we were filming for the documentary, you know, you said it was, um, when you really, really, when you really, really uncover what astrology means to you, it's when you can find your genius, you know, and, and your, your, your true superpower. Can you kind of expand on that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, you know, I, I appreciate jumping right into it, but it's like zero to a hundred. Good um, point. <laughs> you know, especially because most people, um, my sense is know me as a football player and a pothead. But the astrology part is is relatively new, and like you said, you know, when you met me, it's um, pretty much all I talk about. And so anyone who spends time with me, pretty soon the conversation is gonna is gonna turn to astrology. Um, and so I think it's helpful to just you know give a brief uh, rendition of of how I, how astrology came into my life. And so um, mentioned football player and pothead and. <laughs> You know, when they started to kind of come together, um, cannabis was banned in the NFL. And so I ended up um, getting in some trouble. I decided to take a, to take some time off and retire from football. And when I retired from football, it was kind of this spiritual crisis where I realized everything in my whole life that was meaningful pretty much was in some way tied to me as a football player. And giving that up 
uh, who am I? And so I had this big question of who am I? And um, within a couple of months of traveling around the world and, and meeting different people, I bumped into astrology. And it was the, it answered my, it gave me a tool that would help me answer those, that question of who am I? And so that was about 16 years ago. And since then I've been studying and, and diving in to the question of who am I? In the past several years, I've been using astrology to help people answer that question for themselves and working with certain companies and brands to help them answer that question. So uh, let's, let's rewind a little bit because what I still, what I still want to know is who were these people that were able to, I wouldn't say convince you because it's not something you're convinced I don't feel, I think it's a feeling you get when you just recognize like, oh, this is, this is the way, but like who helped you find the way? Um, Because those have to be some pretty incredible people. Well, it's it's tricky when you use the terminology the way, because it's accurate, but it's tricky because people, when people think of the way they think of the right way, right? But the way is just more of like a sense, you know, a sense to move in this direction. And if we following that sense of moving in this direction, eventually we look back and we say that was the way. Well, I think it's awareness, right? It's recognizing, yeah. it's recognizing the patterns yeah. and identifying those with your chart. And for me, after having had you do that reading with me, it, like I felt so much more spiritually, so much more spiritually awoken. Um, and that was, that, that felt really good to me because it was almost like, it's almost like I just woke up out of a coma. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, well just this terminology of being spiritually awake. Um, and I think this is what happened to me when I retired from football is, is I, I, you know, I mean, the contrast, when I say spiritual, uh, the contrast is, is more like physical, earthly. And, and usually success, money, fame is usually an earthly aim, an earthly goal, right? It, it's... It's not mutually exclusive to spiritual development, but typically if you're motivated to be successful in the world, you're using your energy to be successful in the world. You're not doing introspection. Okay. Um, And so I I spent so much of my life developing myself to be a professional, to be the best football player I could possibly be. But there was, I had decided that's who I was. There was no question or reflection of who am I really? And so when I, and I, that's more of a spiritual question, right? This question of who am I on the inside, at the deepest level, who am I? And so I started, when I retired from football, I started to travel and really started to ask that question. And like I said, I found astrology and it, and it helped me answer that question. So, and I like that. Um, but I think one of the things that, you know, one of the things that people often get confused with is, you know, horoscopes. Yeah. You know, we talked about this yeah. at the cabin and, you know, people think that, you know, horoscopes are astrology and that's not at all the case because, you know, they're just measuring the definition of one sign, which is just one of many signs that we as individuals embody. Yeah. So yeah. like, right. Of, I mean, a lot of professional astrologers, astrologers, you know, we poo poo horoscopes, but the truth is if horoscopes didn't exist, no one, you know, astrology would have would have died and so i think it's a good entree it's a good entree 
into astrology and if people find meaning there i think it's it's a suggestion that they should dig a little bit deeper because astrology is a vast subject you know to answer the most basic question what is astrology um <laughs> my sense of what it is at its um at its core is a language it's a language and so if we think of how astrology developed you know first energetically uh think about um living life right living life on earth and life can seem very chaotic you know very chaotic living life and it's almost natural right when things you know things feel like they're they're out of control and chaotic it's almost natural for us to look up you know to look up <sighs> right to look up for something okay and in this idea of looking up you, you see the stars okay and, and what our ancestors noticed that although things things on earth seem chaotic when they looked in the stars, they saw that the cycle of the, of, of the stars moving and the planets against the background of the fixed stars, that there was order, that they could predict when, when you know, the planet Mars was going to be at some place in the sky, right? Because they, they kept tabulations and they could predict that. And now, so, they, that was 25,000 years ago. They've been able to record, right? Something long, long, long time ago. Is, yeah. yeah. Best as my mind can understand. <laughs> long ass time ago. Yeah. And, and so the idea of they can have a sense of order. And if you think of religion, right, and, and worshiping God or the gods, it was the same idea. It's no coincidence that the astrology that we use now, the planets have the same names as the Roman gods. Um, and so that there's this sense of order. And by, and by reflecting on the chaos in our lives through the order in the sky, we're able to gain greater understanding. You know, as above, so below. So I think for, for me, when we first started talking, I was a little confused about, well, how does astrology really help tell me more about my past and my future? I get how a horoscope, quote unquote, tells me things about myself that I, that I, I guess I can relate to, right? But um, what can people do to start becoming more aware of, astrology in the way that it's presented today because what I what I was that book I showed you that I bought a while back was kind of like astrology 101 right. you know it it uncovered a number of different types of astrologists right because there's there's a there's a bunch of different types aren't there yeah there's a bunch yeah well and like based on the variety of astrologists what what like what's different about you versus others uh, is it credibility or is it? Well, if we go back to my definition of astrology as a language, okay? And so if, if we're calling it a language and we say that we speak English, right? We speak different Englishes, right? It's the same basic, like we use the same alphabet, but the way we, because of our experience is the way we put words together, you know, the emphasis we place on words is different, okay? And so it's and behind the way we use language are typically our belief systems. So in astrology, it depends on someone's belief system. You know, someone could be a, a, st a staunch Christian and they would view the astrological symbols through their Christian belief system. You know, some, so there's Christian astrology or some people are Buddhist and they do kind of a Buddhist astrology. It's like whatever your belief system is, you take astrology as a language and you, and you use it to understand things. And so what, what, what I get excited about with astrology is as more people learn this language 
You know, there's going to be all these new unique ways to apply it. Um, and, and not to me, that's just when everything is going to get really interesting because that's really interesting because the, the, I think the advantage of astrology is in a sense, it's, it's very objective. Okay. What I mean by that is uh, I'm talking, you know, someone books a session with me and I don't know, this is a complete stranger, but I spend some time looking at the chart and I try to understand what are the themes that are in this person's chart that are probably affecting them. And so I look at the chart and then I sit and I have a conversation with them and invariably, you know, they say this was great. Certain things in my mind that I've been wrestling with that I haven't been able to really talk to anyone about. And I sensed you, you hit, you hit on. And so now I feel more confident in believing in myself. And so when you have this objective and objective in the sense that I'm a total stranger looking at a two dimensional graph with symbols all around it, and I can speak to something that you feel deep inside of you that, you know, that, that's what it's all about. And so when I look at a chart, what I'm trying to see is, because I'm not trying to tell a person anything. I'm, I, feel, I feel like I'm a, a translator, okay? And if anything that I says, anything that I say goes like, does it make sense to you? Then it's not good stuff. But anything I say to you that, that pings you and, and activates that inner voice, and, and reaffirm something that you know on a deep level, that's the good stuff. And even if there's only one moment of that in an hour and a half conversation, it's, it's magic. It wakes people up. Well, and I think what's great about astrology too, yeah, it does. It wakes people up, but it also helps them recognize the things they couldn't quite identify with. Yes. Like, why was I doing language. that? See, that's language, right? Because yeah. if, if we, language means we have a word, right? We have a word to attach to something and if we have a word if we can label something then we know what it is and so astrology gives us the ability to label things to recognize energies so it's a language but it's a language of energy and so back to your original question of of where to start and you know to me it's a it's a complex science that you can study and keep learning new things your entire life but but if you want to be an astrologer or a philosopher then it's awesome but it just as a, a person who just wants to have some more self-knowledge, general self-knowledge in life, uh, I, I think the starting point is, is the 12 archetypes, okay? 12 archetypes. And what I mean by that is just understand that each of the signs, yes, you can use it to describe your friends and yourself, but really you can use the energy of the signs to describe anything, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so an, an example is um, start to recognize Aries energy in the world, right? And a, a starting point is if you have any friends that are Aries, okay? And what we know about Aries is Aries is, is a fire sign, and it's, it's about getting things started. This need to accomplish something. This need to do something, right? And just, and just notice. Just notice that energy around, right? When, when you're on the freeway and, and someone is, is like zooms by you, you know, at 100 miles per hour, you know, that's Aries energy, right? Right. Or you're, you're driving or Sagittarius. Right. Well, if they're zooming by, that's Aries. Sagittarius is a little bit, is a little bit different. You know, uh, if the music is really loud and there, and you hear laughter as they zoom by, you know, that that's going to be more. I was speaking for myself. <laughs> but again, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. but understanding the, the basic, the basic energies. Okay. And you know, more basic than saying Aries, right. We can say, the fire signs, right? Because there's this fire, this activity. 
Okay. Um, but just understanding these basic, right, in Taurus, for example, right? Taurus is about stability. It's about possessions. It's about that feeling when you, when you have a full belly, you know, mm-hmm. and you have food in the refrigerator and you have money in the bank and you just feel like good, you know, <laughs> that, that's Taurus energy, you know, or, or that feeling of sitting outside in nature, you know, it's a beautiful day. You can hear the birds chirping and it's just so peaceful. You don't have a worry in the world. Okay. This is Taurus, right? And, and you can notice, you can notice it, uh, in the world. Um, cause you know, I have a Taurus saying, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. You know, this, this idea where security becomes the most important thing to me. And again, you can notice it most readily in, in your Taurus friends. You know, notice how much they value security and the status quo and feeling comfortable and feeling good, you know, and, and simplicity. Just, yeah. And when you start to notice these things, um, again, you, astrology gives you a language to be able to, to, to talk about them with your friends and to explore them and to understand them. And to just, me, that's, I love it. I love it too. I'm just glad that I have friends that are so fascinated by astrology that I feel comfortable and I, I, I don't not feel not comfortable, but I feel more comfortable going in depth with them because they challenge my thoughts just like you do. Yeah. Um, and I like that. What do, you, what do you know about your astrology? <sighs> Shit. Only what you, what you told me. Other so than the fact that. Like if we're, if we're talking about astrology is more than a, is more than just a horoscope. All right. A starting point is. Well, I'm a Virgo moon. I remember you told me that. Yep. Yep. Um, so my sun sign is Sagittarius. Yep. Um, I, I did a little research and this could be complete bullshit. You have to tell me, I but, um, I know you're great at that. <laughs> um, but I saw, I saw some stats and I can't quite recall exactly what they were, but it was something in the realm of, you know, most of the presidents, um, uh, have been one of two signs. And then they were talking about, I saw another stat about how Sagittarius is, were tend to be more successful and famous, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but uh, one okay, thing I- right, let's, let's stop there, okay? All right. That, what did you find interesting about that? Well, I'm a Sagittarius, so I was like, holy shit, that's pretty relatable. To me, it felt horoscopy, right? But at the same time, I was like, well, is, you know, that, that could be but, true. But this is what we're doing, right? We're taking the horoscopy and we're, and we're, un, we're peeling back the layers and we're seeing, okay, what's, what's underneath? Yep. So, so let's, let's start with this example. Right. Based on what you know about Sagittarius, why could possibly Sagittarians be more successful? Well, uh, from what I've read and personally experienced with myself, um, we tend to be more fearless. Yes. Um, we give less fucks. Yes. Um, we, we're, we're, we're honest people, but there are at times, um, our ego can get in the way. Well, well before we go into the dark side, right? Before we go into the dark side, let's make a connection between you, between what you said being, is there a connection between, between being fearless and being successful? Honestly, no, I don't think so. I think they are kind of one in the same, but have slight differentiators between the two. Maybe I'll repeat the question. Maybe okay. you didn't Okay. The question was, do you see a connection between being fearless and success? Yes. 
Okay, right. So, because if if we're talking about Sagittarius and success, and there's you just made the connection. That's how. That's why they say that about Sagittarius. So, what that would mean was Sagittarius. They for them to be healthy, they need to be risk takers. Okay, they need because Sagittarius is about the experiencing things with your senses. Okay, this is a Sagittarius is, has food. It's food. It's feeding yeah. the signs. Exactly. Sagittarius yep. has to do with has to do with um, learning, but learning through experience, learning through experiencing things with your senses. Okay, and so it, if the only way to learn something is to experience it you know, then you have to be risky, right? Otherwise, if you're too cautious, you're going to be miserable because you're not learning anything through experience, okay? So, so yeah, so there, there needs to be, and then typically if you're willing to take risks, you know, event, either you, you kill yourself or you, <laughs> or you learn shit, right? And you become, yeah. really, you become really intuitive. You become really wise. And then success follows naturally. You're... So on point with that because I can't tell you my early childhood, all I did was fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was like, so it took somebody from the outside saying, Hey, Jared, you know, if you just shifted that energy this way, you could do great things. And yeah. I was like, You know, my parents have been telling me that for a long time, but when you say it, it actually sounds right. You know? It's, it's well, and that's really what you described is exactly what I do with, this, with astrology is you, you, you help people understand themselves, understand their energy, the tools, the gifts that they've been given, and, and help them understand where they can apply those gifts, where they'll be appreciated, you know? Because a lot of the times when we're unhappy, it's because we're around people or in situations that don't appreciate our gifts. And so we try to pretend to be something else to make other people happy, and that shit doesn't work. So with astrology, if you learn, if you know who you are, right, then you have a better idea of where you can apply yourself in, in places that, that feel good to you. So like, what if you don't know who you are? I think you'd what, hire an astrologer. Well, when you say if you don't know who you are, like, the answer to that is just read the news feed every morning. You know, <laughs> look at the world. This is what happens when people don't know who they are. But yeah, but anyways. So yeah, and so you... Um, the starting point is to ask the question, to be, start to be curious of who am I. And, and who am I, because everyone, some people, not everyone, people think, oh, I know who I am. But the truth is, you know, we, we spend the first half of our lives being trained to be something, you know, to be of conditioning, right? You know, as soon as we're born, we're being told how to walk, how to talk, how to dress, how to, how to do all that stuff, right? And so it, we're so busy the first half of our life becoming ourselves that we don't have the time or the, the introspection to ask, uh, who am I underneath what I'm, what I'm becoming? And so that the idea is when you move into the second part of life, that's when you can reflect on all the stuff you've done and you get a sense of, oh, that, that's what's important to me. This is, this is the value of introspection is you reflect on experiences and you can get a sense of what's actually important to you instead of what you think is important to you. And I wonder what I'll use, I'll use an, I'll give you an example. Um, okay. And I'll apply it to, to um, our, our wellness company, real wellness, you know, is that we, you know, we had this idea, we're going to start this, we're going to start this company. And, you know, we got a, a, 
a joint venture partner, a manufacturing partner. We put it all together. We launched in dispensaries. And, you know, things were, were up and down. And, um, again, we were trying to be what we thought we wanted to be, okay? And one day it dawned on me, hey, you know, why not look at astrology, the astrology, look at the chart of the company and see if, there's, if I, I get any insights there. And so I, I started you know, tooling around on the internet and seeing, is anyone doing like astral branding? And I, I saw some people were, were toying with it. And so I looked at what they were doing and I got some insights and I said, I'm going to apply this to our, to our company. And, and this, is the, this is the trippy part, okay? Because what you do when you, when you look at the chart of a company is you look at the, um, you look at the, date and the, the date, time, and place of incorporation. And what's great about the uh, state of Delaware is they they stamp um, your your paperwork with the with the timestamp, and so you know what time your company was born. Okay? So we had this we had this documentation for our company, and so I I pulled it up and I put it in the computer and I looked at the chart. And uh, you know the CEO of the company is um, is my wife Linnea, who is a Pisces. Okay, and so when I pulled up the chart, the chart of the company was Pisces. And so I was like, okay. And one of the things, you know, that the, the sun, right, is what I'm talking about. The sun in a business is the CEO of the company, right? It's the heart of the business, you know, it's the vision, the idea. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I looked at the moon, you know, I looked at the moon and the moon is the heart of the company. Also, you know, relates to the ideal customers, you know, what do we have to, where do we connect? Where do we connect and find meaning with people? And the moon was in cancer, which is the archetype of the healer, you know? And we're a wellness company, you know? And, and then I, and I looked at the ascendant, the rising sign, which is how we want to be seen by people. And it was, it was Virgo, right? And Virgo is about health, about taking care of yourself, about improvement, uh, you know? And I'm a Virgo rising, a cancer moon. And I said, Linnea has a, Pisces son and so I was like wow this company really is an embodiment of us and let's so let's be more conscious about it okay and so we, we really shifted our branding and our focus um, to this idea of, of a healer in every household you know and so I, I went through a you know a standard branding exercise but I just applied what I knew about astrology to certain concepts and so this idea of, of what is the vision for this company? Like, what do we want the end goal to be? You know? And, and as I sat with it, you know, it's really creating wellness tools or these herbal formulas that help people take care of themselves, you know? And part, part of taking care of yourself is being in tune with yourself, right? If, you know, these people here, people, like they say with cancer, it's all about how soon you can detect it. And so people that are really sensitive to themselves, they can sense something feels a little bit off. They can, you know, go be seen or do something. They can do something about it before it gets out of hand. But these people that are, you know, they don't pay attention to themselves. They're not in touch with themselves. You know, by the time they, they go to the doctor, it's stage four, you know? And so the idea of, and this is, true in all alternative forms of medicine. It's about preventative medicine. And what that means is be aware, be aware and take care of yourself. And so if, if people learn to be aware and take care of themselves, you know, then they're happier, right? And so this is our bigger, our bigger vision of empowering people because Virgo has a lot to do with do it yourself. How do I take care of myself?
you know? Moon being sensitive, nurtured, okay? And Pisces, the sense that we're all connected, and that's where cannabis comes in. But so, and so we got really clear on who we were. And, and once we started to shift and, and honor these values, everything in our company started to, to change dynamically. We got clear on who we were. And that's important because, you know, in branding, it, you know, you have to understand the, the customer journey and, and remember that, you know, building a brand isn't about the look and feel of the company. It's, it's about the promise that you make to your customer. It's, it's about being true and genuine. Um, and what I love about astrology, the more I hear you speak, Ricky, is that it's almost like having your own personal mentor. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I really like about it because you can go back to your chart and you can go, oh, I get it. Or, oh, I see the path forward. I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. All right. So, so my, my wife, Lene, and I, we've been dating for maybe a year. All right. And, and we were still, you know, in that kind of love honeymoon, honeymoon state. <laughs> you know? And we were coming out of it, though. Okay. And it was that first time where we really had, like, tension with each other. You know? And I remember we were, we were driving to meet a friend for dinner. And like every little thing like that each of us did annoyed each other, you know, <laughs> you know in the relationships, like you get, you get triggered and you get annoyed, you know, and then you get over it and then you're ready to reach out. By the time <laughs> you reach out, then they're triggered and annoyed. And then it just keeps on going back and forth. Well, we were stuck in one of those situations and I was like scratching my head. And then I, you know, I just whipped out my phone and I looked at our charts and I saw that both of us were going through this big marsh stimulus, you know? And, and, real, and then I realized that when you're in relationships and, uh, you know, the very beginning of a relationship, you're trying to really make a connection to a person. And so just the way you're looking at things, nothing they do really bothers you, you know? But then as you get comfortable and you start to be more yourself, there's going to be things that start to bother you, you know? And so when that first happens in a relationship, if you're aware of what's going on and realizing, okay, we need to find a way to express things in a, in a way where we feel heard, but we also feel safe, then you can do it consciously. But if not, it just turns into this angst and this, this yeah. anger of like, where you want to say something, but you're afraid of how they're going to take it. And so when I looked at that, I, I just got, like you said, a mentor, you know, and Marsh said to me, you know, take a step back, right. And, and, and have a, have one of those difficult conversations so that you can move past this. And we did, and we were closer after. I many, I imagine you've had many difficult conversations with yourself, trying to figure out, you know, who you are, what you should do, what your path forward is being, being the CEO and founder of a company in the cannabis industry. For me, it's hard when I'm, and I can't like, I can't even imagine for you, you know, more people than I do, but you know, with all of these relationships I have and this kind of inner creative, you know, feeling and thing that I've got, I, I want to constantly help people and, and take on this project and take on this project. And so like I, I myself, I want to constantly help people. Okay. I do, I do but That's a I also have to remember to be a little bit selfish and to like focus on me. But like sometimes I, but I, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like I, it makes me feel good to help people because I know like, and maybe there's a little ego piece in that where it's like, yes, I got to be the person to help them. So, and like, so let, let's, use, let's use astrology to, 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 to unpack this, okay? <laughs> We're unpacking my shit. All right, here we go. Yeah. So, so first of all, 
you know, and what's, what's amazing is, you know, when I'm having a conversation with someone, even just a friend, but I have their chart in the back of my head. I have yours right next to me, but I'll have their chart in the back of my head and they'll say things And the terminology terminology I use is they speak their chart is they, and this is what I mean. It's a language. And without even knowing any astrology, you just described uh, Virgo moon with the 12th house sun. You just described it perfectly. Right. And anyone, anyone with the Virgo moon and all these planets in the 12th house are going to wrestle with that same issue. Okay, that I have because the moon is what we need, what how we feel comfortable, how we feel safe, how we feel understood in, in that feeling of tenderness. Okay. And for you, the moon is in is in Virgo. So it's it's elicited by being useful, by by having people that appreciate your specific skill set. Okay. This need to help, okay? That's that's Virgo Moon, and then the twelfth house, okay? The twelfth house is a is ultimately a spiritual house, okay? And so what we learn in the twelfth house is we learn spiritual lessons, we learn detachment, we learn to let go, um, we learn compassion, okay? In in the twelfth house, I'm sorry, but it's the house of sacrifice. It's the house of sacrifice, okay? And and it's the sacrifice of the ego. It's to realize that you're here for a much larger purpose than um, self um, of putting yourself up. Okay, and so here's here's the way I think about the twelve. This area, this this energy in a chart. Okay, is is if you look in an old astrology book, it's about this area of the chart. They all have their call. It's called like the house of self undoing. You know, the house of the evil angel. And you, when you read the descriptions, it's like, you know, you, you're, all of your children will die before you do, or you'll be carried away by wolves on the next full moon. It's just, you know, all these, or you'll live in a monastery, okay? Because the idea is in the 12th house, you're learning the, the purely spiritual lesson that you are not the body, you are not the mind, okay? You're not the emotions, right? You are consciousness, you are consciousness. And anytime, and with all these planets in the 12th house, anytime you forget that and you hold on to something and you think that it's real, it will be taken away from you, right? Uh, on the, you know, on the, the rosier side, this is really the house of the, of the visionary. It's where, we, it's where when we let go of the tangible stuff, we create the space to connect to, some, to, 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 the, to the universe, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's where creative inspiration comes from. You know, it's, it's the place of altered states, right? That sense of, you know, when you take that really, really, really big rip, you know, and it's like, you just feel this space, right? <laughs> Where you don't feel your body anymore. Okay. You experience consciousness. Okay. So 12 house are about experiences that, that lead you to expansion of consciousness. Right? I'm going to take a big rip now, by yes. the way. Thank yes. you. And so, and so there you go. And so part of that is sacrifice. And so what I'm saying is you're always going to feel the need to sacrifice and you're always going to feel the need to help people, but it's about finding meaningful sacrifices, meaningful sacrifices. Okay. You know, the story I'd like to tell around this is, you know, when I was a kid and I went to church and I'd hear about angels, you know, and I'd think that's a shitty job, you know, they don't have any identity themselves. They just go help other people who don't even appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is 12th house Pisces, Neptune energy, right? But 
but and so I think of the angel who tries to help someone, but they don't listen. You know, they're too busy in the chasing money or chasing girls that they don't listen to the higher message. Okay, the angel's like, what the fuck, right? Or you know, there's the person that that has that awareness to listen to that quiet voice. You know, call it prayer, meditation, trance, ayahuasca, whatever, right? Right? And they they get the messages, they get the inspiration, and they be and they have and they have an expression of it in the world. And so they're expressing this this spiritual energy into the world. Okay, this is this is the idea, right? And so that angel, they feel wonderful, right? Because their sacrifice it turns into something real. And so the advice I would give you is be more selective, right, about the people that you want to give to, right? Make sure that they appreciate what you have to offer. Then you'll be you'll be refreshed by it, right? You won't need a rest. You'll be energized by that appreciation and as you see what it becomes so on the note of ayahuasca since you brought it up uh derek and i have actually decided we're gonna do we're gonna cleanse for like six three to six months um my uh, we met with a shaman he came over to the apartment last night yep met with us yep uh and so we're gonna go to oregon and we're gonna do this ayahuasca journey I'm a little scared, but I'm also really excited. Yeah. Part of me is like, do I want to know all of the answers, so to speak? Yes, you do. And then, and then the other part's like, is, are all of these answers going to fucking derail me from the path that I'm on and put me on a completely different thing? Probably. I'm having yeah. fun, because I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. And so I'm like, ah, uh, shit. Should I just like keep doing this thing and then do some ayahuasca? Sure later or well this comes to the question if if the answer to this question is yes then you got it do you think the purpose of life is to have fun i have no idea what the purpose of life is to be 100 percent honest with you and i don't know if many people do but wait 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 wait. i, I don't understand how you can say that and still live well so, okay so okay you okay, don't okay i see how can you live okay. you, you know i was thinking you know how when i get stoned i get way deep in my head so i you were thinking of it more simple okay yeah i i get what you're saying you're trying to trick me again i know how you <laughs> i'm trying to trick you by asking you i know you ask these little tricky questions because you okay know. let's come back to the question since you okay okay so <laughs> what <laughs> Do you think that the purpose of life is to have fun? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily to have fun, but I think it's to, for me, um, actually, yeah, I think it is to have fun because I, I, I have fun. I have fun helping people and building businesses and stuff like that. But I question, wait, where does the butt come in? If the purpose of life is to have fun and you're having fun, then you should be fulfilled. And fuck you, you're right again. <laughs> you have my chart. I don't. You're seeing some shit. I don't get. You know what? Actually, can you send me that chart? I want to be able to put it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can send, yeah. Like a screenshot or something. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of, let's go back. To, I want to go back to Astro Branding because that's really important. And, and this is something that you and I have already done together with actually a client at Wick and Mortar. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about what that experience was like when you, when you interviewed Jonah. Yeah. Um, tell me how you took him through the process. Now we, we've had these conversations before because when you recognized Astro Branding for your company and then I had came to you 
about the thought you were like, bro, I'm already there. And, and that was great because I have never met anyone, uh, in person, uh, that has actually found, uh, astrology and branding cool. And I didn't realize it was really a thing until I put archetypes together with the astrological symbols. Yes. That was after our conversation. Yep. And yep. I was like, holy shit, these, all of these archetypes, the jester, the, the hero, the healer, the sage, these are just astrological symbols broken down into layman's terms. Really? Yeah. Astrology is just a language, right? It's just a language. It's like when you translate from, from Russian to, to, to English, right? A lot of the letters are going to be the same, but they're just compiled differently. Sure. And so, and so uh, really astrology is, is just a, it's just a language and it really the language of energy and what archetypes are, are these are human energy patterns. So an example is the archetype for the mother, right? It, that we all have a physical mother, but deeper than a physical mother, when we're born, we're looking for a nipple, you know, <laughs> that we have this need. We have this need to be nurtured. We're looking for something warm. So built in us, we have an expectation that there's going to be something warm that nurtures us. Okay. Um, also, with the archetype of of Capricorn or or Saturn, right? Is we all need physical stability, safety. We all need to feel secure, right? This is an archetype, and typically the time in life that people feel most secure is later in life because you've lived enough and you understand a little bit more. But the nature of youth is it's hard to feel secure because you don't know what the fuck is going on. And so these, these are archetypes. And you'll see, you know, people that are born with Saturn or Capricorn strong in their chart, they'll be the little kids, like my little sister. They'll be the bossy little kids that act like grownups, you know, <laughs> because that, they, they carry that archetype. I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you explained it to me like there's, um, you know, all of these signs represent light. and the, there's a measure of there's a there's an amount of light that hits you based on where the the sun is positioned at the time you take your first breath. Is that correct? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you're close enough. Keep close going. enough. Okay, so uh, that's that's like when you take that first breath, that's when you get hit by the reflection of the sun in relation to where all the planets align at that moment. It comes from yeah, each of yes. Those. So that that's you know in your chart you have like five planets in Sagittarius, and so. There's, you have a, you're, you're running a lot of Sagittarius energy in your life. You know, it's a, it's half of your life is, is Sagittarius. So it's a big, a big, a big chunk. And what that means is the archetype of Sagittarius. Okay. The, the adventurer, um, the philosopher, um, the experiencer. Okay. And also the, the benevolent one. There's something about Sag is if you've gone and you experienced a lot of things, you, you have a lot of wisdom in, 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 no opinions, you know, you have a lot of wisdom to share, right? Because you've experienced things. But in the same way, a Sagitt if you have someone who has a lot of Sagittarius energy, that archetype is strong. And again, for whatever reason, let's say they're poor and they can't afford or they don't have confidence, they can't afford to experience things. They're going to be miserable because that archetype is not being fed. And so you're going to see in their life, they're going to be in. You know, and, and you know, it'll manifest as they'll talk a big game, you know, and they'll act like they know everything and no one will want to be around them. You know, they're just loud mouths that think they know everything, but they're full yep. of shit because they don't have the experience to back up what they're, what they're blabbing about. And so it, 
you know, so a company, a company, for instance, that has Sagittarius strong in their, in their chart, you know, is it's, you tell this company like the image, you know, with energy that you're putting in the world should send a message to, to uh, of telling people to say yes to life, to have experiences, you know, a good example of a company that has strong Sagittarius energy is Starbucks, you know, one of the images, one of the symbols of, of Starbucks and Sagittarius is Sagittarius rules journey overseas, you know, that meaning that if we want to experience something, right, we have to go experience it, right? It's one thing to read about Paris and, and, and to read about Africa, but it's another thing to go and experience, okay? And so this is Sagittarius. When people go to Starbucks, you know, they get their shot of caffeine, and just the energy there is like this uplift, uh, uplifting energy that helps you get that cup of coffee and go say yes to life, right? And even the, the Starbucks, you know, the, the logo, it comes from Moby Dick, right? Journeys overseas, right? <laughs> yeah. And these, these, the archetypes come through subtly. And the more on brand you can be with the archetypal energy of your, of your company, that message is going gonna, is gonna to extend more clearly to your, to your potential customers. So, you know, I think that's the story of Starbucks there that you shared is really interesting because it reminds me of that video that I sent you. Remember that guy that had recorded a video uh, of the representation he used of Red Bull? You know, he said that, you know, the CEO, um, his, he was born in the sign of Aries. Yeah. Uh, and that the birth chart of the business fell in the sign of Taurus. And so... Aries is not only a red symbol, has horns, uh, but also means to go where no man's gone before. But then they took then the Taurus, the Taurus being a bull, taurine being the main ingredient in Red Bull, and be, took the you know took the uh, uh, the language from each of those signs, combined that to create their you know brand DNA. Yes, and yeah. so I find that. I mean, it just, it blows my mind. I mean, I tried to debunk that story, by the way, to see if it was real. I have a buddy, Peter Moran. He was like the hundredth employee there. He's like, you know, I have never heard that story before, but it's not, not possible. The guy, the CEO is a pretty eccentric individual. So, you know, astrology could very well have been his approach. Yeah, but you know what we're talking about is is really storytelling, and so much of branding is is storytelling, and we we see it in movies. You know, the movies that really, really capture us, it's because they're smack on. They're really right on with the archetypes. Movies that don't convince us, you know, they're archetypal. They're off a little bit, and, and so it's the same thing in branding. If you can tell like, an authentic, compelling story that connects to people, because we all function based on the archetypes. You know, mm -hmm. we, they're, they're built in to all of us. Mm -hmm. So you can really connect to, to someone on that level that, that you know, and, and I, you know, I'm working on a, a dating app. And so to do research, um, I'm married, but to do research, I went on the dating app just to, just to see what it's like. And if I knew someone's sign, I, I could ask a person one or two questions and there's a connection already because I, because I have a sense of, what archetypes are going to speak to them are going to light them up are going to move them. And, and it, it's, and so in a, as a brand, right. If you get clear on what you are, right. And mm -hmm. you put that out into the world, it's going to resonate with people. Yeah. So let's talk about the app real quick because 
Um, I got a chance to check it out when I was with you last and the design and the functionality of this thing is pretty remarkable. And the idea is awesome because I've checked out, uh, I've checked out a bunch of different apps, CoStar, Nebula, Sanctuary. Yeah, Sanctuary. Yep. That was the other one. Um, but your app being a dating app, um, and with this, and I want to call it a trend because it is right now it to us isn't the trend, but it's becoming the, the, uh, awareness of astrology is trending. trending. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so that's, that's a good thing because now there are all of these apps helping people recognize more about themselves that they perhaps didn't realize. Um, and you know, served to them was that horoscope, you know, on a platter. And astrology is now entering into technology. And when I was at your place last, I mean, you were up till three o'clock in the morning sometimes just studying charts, analyzing data. I mean, I'm like, dude, do you ever sleep? You're like, yeah. (laughs) Every once in a while. Like, Ricky, where are you driving to? You're like, I'm gonna go drive, look at a chart. Oh, okay. (laughs) When I drive, I listen to to astrology classes on I mean, I'm thinking about it all the time. Like I said, it's, it's a language. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. So yeah. So Lila, you know, it's, you can call it a dating app, but really it's a relationship app. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And and you said it, you know, the people's interest in astrology has, has spawned um, users, uh, potential users, but also has gotten the attention of VC firms, you know, um, I know Sanctuary and CoStar both raised a bunch of money last year to launch astrology apps. Um, so it's, it's, it's here. Um, Perfect timing. You know, yeah, it, it is. And so, you know, for me, I think those apps are great because it's an introduction to astrology, but astrology is such a vast subject. And I think because of its history, it's one of those things that people think is cool, you know, that, because it's, it's complex and difficult to understand. And so what, what we're doing I think that's different is our, our main focus is to make the astrological information to make it palatable, to, to really simplify it so that people can use the information more easily. And the other way we're doing that is we're a relationship, we're an astrological relationship. app, And so we're taking this astrological information, simplifying it and giving it to you in a way where you can do, apply it directly to life. You know, we all have a relationship. At the very least, we all have a relationship with ourselves. And, you know, it, the quality of our relationship with other people is directly related to the quality of our relationship with ourselves. And so with Lila, the first thing that we, that we promote is the relationship with yourself. And so, again, the language is simplified. And instead of looking at the shadow or the dark sides, you know, Gemini's talk too much and, you know, you know, Sages, you know, are never faithful. We, we, you know, we look at the, we look at the, the higher frequency of these, of these archetypes and these energies, what we're aspiring towards. So, you know, because then you don't look at these qualities about yourself that you, you know, that you get bored easily, right? That's not a, that's not a bad thing. If you're, if you're here to experience things, you need that function so that you get your ass off the couch and go experience things. And so the first thing we do is we help people fall in love and with themselves, okay? And then from there, you know, we help people connect to other people who are on this same kind of self-understanding journey. And so we're really trying to create a, a marketplace um, for woke people to meet each other. You know? By the so way, 
Thank, thank God my girlfriend's a Sagittarius, by the way. Otherwise, I would you just got me in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you guys will cheat on each other. Perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love my girlfriend to death. I would never. But no, I, I appreciate that. In fact, it reminds me of this book, Ricky, um, The Five Love Languages. And I to- told you about this. That was kind of like... And I rolled my eyes. I know you did. I know you did. But I know you rolled your eyes. But I think... When, what I learned from you helped me realize where the information in that book actually comes from. It actually comes from astrology. Someone just tried to ver- create an, uh, just tried to turn it into English, so to speak. Well, and- I, I don't know if you can say it comes from, I, I don't know if you can say it comes from astrology because. Well, I do because well, hold on, I'll tell you my interpretation. If you don't mind, um, <laughs> it teaches you that, uh, you know, everyone receives love and reciprocates love differently. And so you have to be mindful and aware that just because you do something your way or you like something your way doesn't necessarily mean that's the same way the other person likes it. So you have to be attuned to who they are in order to give them love in the way that they like to receive it. I think that there's a correlation there because what's so fucking funny? Do you disagree? No, no, this, this isn't, this isn't, this is a great example, right? Like you, so I I mentioned earlier, people have a tendency to speak their chart. Okay. The story you're telling is, is this, the, if I was talking to you about how do you make progress in life? All right. What you just described is almost exactly what I would have said. Oh, well, good. I would have said, it's really important for you to, to learn, to appreciate that other people view things differently than you do that other people have different emotional experiences have different ways of approaching life than you do and i would say if you if that's the one thing you truly learn at the deepest level in life you will have been a this lifetime will have been a total success well fuck that's the best compliment i think you've ever given me so thank you you were laughing with excitement i'm learning something yay uh well astrology is so deep that I feel like in order to really become, you know, an educator like you are, you have to, you have to invest the time. Yeah. You really do. How much time did you say you've been spending research? I've been spending it for, for, 16, for 16 years. And, you know, it's really how, how, what I spend pretty, all of my free time doing is studying, studying astrology. Now, if, if we may. I get, mad, I get mad in the morning. You know, I was kind of grumpy that I had to stop studying astrology to come talk to you, but I got over it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I just have to say this to say it, but like, congratulations on the stadium. Oh, thank you. Want, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, just because sure. I think that's like a huge, like, it was on TMZ. It was on ESPN. Um, well, I mean, you know, it, it all started right there in, uh, in Seattle, you know, and, and it's great that I'm the, you know, the personal beneficiary, but it's really about a larger, there's a, there's a larger theme here. And, you know, what happened was, you know, after what happened with George Floyd and, and you know, Black Lives Matter started to, to reverberate around the country and the, the players at the University of Texas, um, got together and wanted to do something. And so they reached out to one of their professors and, and asked for advice, you know, how do we make a difference? And so they worked together and they sent a letter to the, to the president of the university uh, asking for, for certain changes. And uh, a good friend of mine, who's also a, um, a 
a big beneficiary to the university um, got wind of what the kids were doing and it got him thinking of what he can do. And his dad's name was on the, was on the football field and his dad passed several years ago. And so he started thinking, you know, my dad doesn't have a voice. He can't say anything right now, but I know two guys that I'm close to who are African-Americans who do have a voice and maybe their name should be on the field. And so Dar Jamel wrote a letter to the university of Texas and said, Hey, you know, can we, can we do this? And, you know, anyone who's done any kind of work with a, a public institution like a university knows there's so much red tape and bureaucracy. And so we were, you know, we were doubtful that it would, anything would happen, you know, anytime soon. But in less than a month, um, they cut through the red tape and got it done. So I, I, what I look at is this, it's, it's how it works. The young people, right, who, who, are, who are, have the energy and the vitality and the vision of the future and are not as conditioned as we are by the past, right? They have, but they don't have the resources, but they have a voice, right? And so they put their voice out there. And the rich white guy who does have the resources and does have the power, he listened, right? And he used his, his juice to see what he could do. And he reached out to the, to the bureaucracy, right? That's fucking awesome. And, and, they, and they moved fast and they mobilized and they got it done. So I think this is really the template for, for how we not just talk about change, but how we actually implement it. And I'm just, I feel very fortunate to be a part of that, uh, that chain reaction. Yeah, when I saw that, Ken, Ken um, so Ken, uh, just so everyone knows, is our publicist. He owns Chapter 2 Agency. He's incredible, incredible. He was, shared the story with me, and I was just like, man, I got goosebumps. I was so happy. I was just, I couldn't even imagine what you felt when you got the call, like that was going to happen. So congratulations, man. That's, that's dope. Have you been to the field? When was the last time you went to the field? Uh, so after they announced it, I flew, I flew to Austin that next day and, and spoke to the, to the players, the current players on the team, and, and just told them basically what I just told you. That I was proud, yeah. and proud to be the beneficiary of their courage. So what's the name of the field now? Earl Jones, Ricky Williams Field? <laughs> It's the, <laughs> it's Campbell Williams Field. Or Campbell Williams Field. Mm-hmm. Campbell Williams Field. Yeah, Campbell Williams Field. You know, when those joints start to hit in, you start to get a little dyslexic. I do. Well, I do. Um, well, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited to go check the field out. Hopefully they start having games again soon. Eventually, yeah. But I think they're also going to give me a, a box, and so I'll be able to bring all the homies. Oh, we have a smoke in there, but you know, we'll hot box in, we'll hot box in the parking lot. So there's this, there's this Instagram account. Uh, they, they have this product that's called a sploofer and you can blow weed into it and the smoke comes out and it basically smells like, yeah, that's it. It's this thing. We should make those in, we used to make those in college. You just get one of the old toilet paper rolls and stuff some dryer sheets in there. That's exactly what's in here is a dryer sheet. <laughs> That's how you do it. Look at that. And it's just filled with a bunch of dryer sheets. Adobe, that's a, a living facility, a, a, a dorm at Texas. And that's where you used to make those in Adobe Hall. So, okay, so let's, let's, go, let's, go, let's go a little off topic. I want to ask you some personal questions. So, uh, uh, when was the first time you started smoking weed? The first time I smoked or the first time I started smoking weed? 
the first time you smoked and then the first, and then when did you actually start smoking consistently? Got it. So first time I smoked, I was, I think it was a junior in high school and smartest kid in school, Ben Kotnick invited me to come to his house because we had open lunch, open campus for lunch. I went to his house and pulled out a bong and hit it, coughed my brains out. Uh, went back to school. I had physics that next period. <laughs> you know, but, but I, again, I'm a little bit older. And so there was still a really heavy negative stigma and I was a jock. And so we really didn't smoke. And so uh, fast forward a couple of years, I get to college and my roommate, Sean, was a smoker. And so he'd have people over um, and I would hit it just to be cool. But I, you know, I wasn't really into it. And then fast forward a couple more years, my senior year in college, and uh, running for the Heisman Trophy. And same time, went through this really bad breakup with my girlfriend. And uh, so I was depressed. And my roommate was like, here, smoke this. And I did. And it was the first night that I wasn't obsessing about my ex. And I was like, hey, there's something to this. And then when I got into the NFL, I had more money. Um, I started smoking more. And then... I started smoking almost daily, probably my last year in New Orleans. You know, it was part of my, my routine. You know, I bust my ass at practice, come home, relax, unwind, um, let go of the stress of the day, get back up and do it again. Um, and then that was essentially my routine until, until I failed the drug test in Miami. And then uh, I had to stop smoking for a little bit. How much weed would you say you actually smoked per month in dollars or weight back then yep i said an ounce probably would last me a whole month that's pretty good yeah because it wasn't like i was smoking all day i go to work come home and we probably smoke two blunts at night Derek, how much weed do you think we smoke pound a month well these are different times you live in a legal state where you can just legally like go down the street and well, it's just like on my desk, I just, con you know, it's, I probably... I mean, people are constantly giving you shit. So, yeah. So, I definitely, I smoke more now because, you know, I was, I was up in Oregon and came home with, you know, half a pound. <laughs> I remember I smoked, <laughs> I smoked weed straight out of the ground in your front yard. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. It actually tasted really good. I got it on video, too. I'll have to play that. Yeah, it's, I mean, and that's the other thing about, you know, it's really, not, it's really, I love growing and, and growing has really taught me a lot about life because the plant cycle, you know, cannabis is an annual, it dies every year. And so, so that cycle that the plant goes through, it's the same cycle that we go through in life. And so learned a lot about raising kids you know? mm -hmm. with, my, with my seedlings, you know, if you put them in too big of a pot, you know, <laughs> you stunt their growth. And so, How old are the kids now? How old are they? Yeah. So my um my daughter's old, had a birthday, right? So who had the Blaze just had a birthday. Yeah. Blaze had a birthday last month. Yeah, Blaze yeah. just turned seventeen. He's yeah, he's the <laughs> he's the one that's probably most into cannabis. You know, he he works in a hydroponic store. His name is Blaze, for God's sakes. Yeah, of course. I, I didn't I didn't even name him that. I mean it's, both of his parents were potheads. <laughs> I guess that's what happens, huh? <laughs> that's I, na I named my dog Blazy, so yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, but Blaze, you know, he's he's into it. He he knows a lot of stuff. I mean, whenever I have questions about about growing, just in the cultivation always, side, uh, though. Exactly. Yep. 
but he, he just he's not this this kid that just loves to study things you know and he's he's into astrology too so similar i mean he's a kid but he'll he'll spend a lot of his free time how might one use astrology about, about genetics or he's really big into growing organically i was going to say how how could one use astrology in growing cultivation honestly i think got to be something there I think astrology began began uh, as a tool for growing you know because ideally, you know, the, the lunar cycle, right? Well, it's the lunar cycle, but it's also the cycle of the seasons. The seasons are an astrological phenomenon. The first day of spring is the first degree of Aries. The first day of summer is the first degree of Cancer. The first day of fall is the first degree of Libra. And the first day of winter is the first degree of Capricorn. Poetic. So astrology, the whole system of astrology is based on the seasons. And so the farmers would know... And when the sun hits Aries, it's time to put the seeds, it's time to plant. And when we get to, when you see the symbol for Virgo, it's the woman with the long hair and grain in her hand. Because Virgo time of year is where you start to, to you know, you start to, to reap. You know, you start to pull the harvest. What are you smoking on? Yeah, some of the flour that I got from, uh, I got from Florida. This strain is Cadillac Cookies. I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm blown away by these, these farms that I visited um, right outside of Portland. First of all, in the summer, Oregon is the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my whole life. And I've been everywhere. Mm-hmm. That place is beautiful. And in my experience, Hawaii, the best, best weed I ever had, Hawaii and Oregon. I mean, just the way they grow, they're just, I think they're just closer to the earth. And I think they what just, do you think about Humboldt? Humboldt's pretty special, too. I love Humboldt because it's like they've got appellations there, you know, dry cultivation techniques, regenerative farming. It's that, it's that you can just feel it. You can just feel that this is a, a very fertile place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully and eventually, you know, they will create appellations in uh, Humboldt based on the regions there currently exists. Yes. He filmed a whole documentary on it called uh, A hum- A Humboldt. You know, who knows? But my sense and, is that as, as you know, as we move towards federal legalization, that humble Oregon, but really California and Oregon are going to be like. Because on mute, I'm on mute, so. That's where every, you're not on mute, but that's where everybody. That's where every, <laughs> That's where all of it's going to come from. Especially all the good stuff is going to come from humble and Oregon. I mean, probably the best stuff in the world, possibly. Yeah, they've been growing. They've been growing for over 50 years, uh, when you look at the collective knowledge that these growers have combined, I mean, it's just decades and decades of knowledge. It's insane. I know that you can appreciate this, but I feel very fortunate to be part of this world. You know, just, just thinking about, you know, but even, you know, as soon as 2004, when I got a lot of shit for cannabis and to realize that it's a real industry and it's, it's cool, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, there's dark sides and there's a lot of shady people, but it's just cool being a, being a part of this, this shift and this change and really being on the ground, on the ground floor. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, there's no question that being on the ground floor is definitely the place to be, but I've got to tell you, Derek and I have been chomping at the bit to get back over there and start filming the documentary again. So for everyone listening, we're working on a documentary with Ricky called The Real Ricky. And 
what you've heard today is just a taste of what's to come. Ricky, is there anything that you want to talk about before we end this uh, session? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. This was, this was great. It's always good catching up and talking astrology. And thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, it's always good to see you. And look, I'm, I really want to get back down there soon. So let's definitely figure that out. A lot of uh, shit that's happened over the last, what, six months, seven months? Yeah. Probably don't even, yeah. So we need to catch up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a man. All right. Take care. Talk soon. Again, Ricky Williams. Ricky, where can they find you? What do you mean? On, online, like social media, where, what are your handles? Insta. My, my handle on Insta is at Williams. I fiddle around on Twitter every once in a while. It's at Rick the Laureate. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. I oh, love- no, 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 there's more. So, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, sorry, shameless plug here. So, mm. if anyone that was, is watching this is interested in astrology and wanna, wants to talk to me about it more, um, you can go on my website, rickywilliams.life, and book some time with me to know yourself better. Do right. it. I highly recommend it. No pun intended. He did my reading. Uh, it was an amazing experience. Definitely follow Ricky on Instagram. Um, Ricky eventually will have his own podcast, so you can learn all sorts of shit about astrology, all sorts of awesome stuff about astrology, I should say. Um, Till next time, my man. Talk soon. Take care. All right. Peace. Peace.